welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast for September 30th, 2015. Sorry, we're a little bit late. It's Wednesday night. Uh, I ended up going to the Miami game, and it was pretty crazy. Um, it's your boy Dave. We have a resident Giants fan. Adam D. had a family thing tonight, and I had a family thing last night and got off the plane the night before, but Sean, say hi. How we doing? What's your Twitter handle? really want to talk about that it's you down with jpp or are you down with fireworks yeah, but that's sean much. timmerman he's a big giants fan nobody cares about sean so i'm just going to talk now get this <laughs> bills review out of the way um the game was so dominant and one-sided i cannot honestly i was thinking about jokingly just saying the game was a blowout and just hanging up and going on to something else but all three phases were, I thought, on point. And most importantly, you see all the mistakes the Bills had the week before where Tyrod Taylor even blamed himself for a lot of those sacks in the New England game. He, he corrected it. He was better in the pocket, and Greg Roman also schemed away from him. Um, what did you notice with, with the game? Because even though you're a Giants fan, you still watch the Bills. As yeah, like I'm, I'm still a, a Bills supporter living in West New York. They're on TV all the time. So, and and not only that, we go to I go to a couple games a year. Um, I think it was a great bounce back week, you know, coming from the the loss from the week before. Uh, you guys look the, the Bills look great. All three phases, uh, offense obviously looked amazing. Defense, the Dolphins looked terrible. They couldn't get anything going. I mean, one of the touchdowns scored on the on the defense too. Um, I believe Rambo. I believe the first touchdown Rambo was, you know, you watched the replay, and he was just literally one step, one step towards the offensive line instead of, you know, the way the routes run. You had, like, a post pattern coming across on the left side and then, like, a go in the middle, or, I mean, all the way on the right. And it's almost like he just took one step in and just Tannehill hit him with that nice pass where he had a step, I believe, on Ronald Darby. I don't know who was covering on that touchdown, but, you know, one step off there and then the one throw him up, another touchdown that was just garbage, bogus, whatever. I was actually front row at the game after the Dolphins fans peeled out early third quarter, um, and I took video of that, which I'll throw up on Twitter sometime or YouTube, and it was following Tannehill getting crushed after he threw the pass, and then next thing you know, I'm hearing some lame touchdown music from the Dolphins and I don't know if you've ever been to a Dolphins game anybody but it's awful their fans absolutely suck not as people necessarily but as being a fan like I think they have to be the worst fans of anything um I've gone to the Toronto series once for the Redskins game where Darius had like five sacks and that was, like, so awkward watching the Bills there, especially them being a home team. And I was like, wow, there's more Redskins fans here or just maybe even 50-50, 60-40, um, you know, Bills to Redskins. And the atmosphere in that stadium was just absolutely dead. Like, I don't I don't understand why the fans suck. What, what do you think? Well, you know, I actually I work with someone who went down to the Bills game as well. And I asked him about it, and he said, you know what? It was just so damn hot. 
He said it was like uh, 95 degrees in the stadium. And he, he said it was just over, overwhelmingly too hot. If there wasn't an overcast over the stadium, he, he was thinking about leaving the game. Oh, it was, it was. It was miserably hot out there. But what was amazing is I believe it was 7 nothing or 14 nothing. It started sprinkling. Like, literally just started to drizzle. Right. And people are going into the corridor. And I'm thinking, like, really? Yeah. What's shocking about that is, you know, in South Florida, that's an every afternoon thing. They have rainstorms in and out. I have a lot of friends down there. And they have a quick afternoon rainstorm almost every day. Yeah. So you would think they would just be fine with it. But as you said, they ran for the doors. It rained every day I was there. But you would never know because it, it, it cleared up real quick. And that game was really muggy to start out with. It had overcast. It's kind of cool seeing the lights come on. I was I was told by some people were lucky it's a 4 o'clock game. And there was actually good tailgating there. That was kind of cool. Really? Yeah, like people actually, because obviously if it does rain, it disappears. People had flat screens in the back of their truck. Uh-oh. I've always wanted to have like, I have fantasies in one day buying like a Madden bus, right? A, a bus just for Madden, like a little short school bus, <laughs> like one that you probably rode. Didn't you on uh, Black Friday park outside of Best Buy with a flat screen? Didn't you do that? Maybe. May or may not have brought a generator to Black Friday with a <laughs> flat screen <laughs> and played uh, you know, friend Corey who swears he doesn't know anything about football. Him and I put a little whoop ass on his little brother and his friend. While we were waiting to get into Black Friday, which I want for no reason. But either way, they have flat screens in the back of their truck. The tailgating was actually impressive. Um, I thought it was pretty, like, we got lucky. We met a girl there who helped us out with dinners, places to stay. We <coughs> stayed at Hollywood Beach. But as far as the fans go, it was a little bit awkward because everybody sucked as far as cheering for their team. And there's so much chatter going on about, seems like a lot of people don't like Tannehill. A lot of people, most people don't like Philbin. And if they don't like Tannehill, I shouldn't say don't like Tannehill. They're just not sure. And quite honestly, as a Bills fan, I look at Tannehill for years. I would think, man, I would take Tannehill on the Bills before this Tyrod Taylor thing, which even now you might want to take Tannehill over Tyrod. I mean, not now. You just don't, you don't have a body of work from Tyrod yet. You know what I mean? And it's like Tannehill has put up consistent numbers. I thought they would put up like a real like a real fight. You look up and down that roster, and you're like, how can this team suck? How, how can – there's no way. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of high expectations for that team. Uh, I read some articles, I think it was from Stanford or something like that. They actually picked the Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl, which was kind of an eye-opener. But you're right. They have a lot of talent on that team, and uh, – you know, they just gave Ryan Tannehill almost $100 million. That's a lot of money. So I'm sure they're expecting them to do well. And so far, they've looked absolutely terrible all three games. They struggle with the Redskins. I was in the stadium for that, that box score. Uh, it's not, I guess it's not a box score. But the score popped up, and they're losing to the Redskins. I'm like, get out of here. Not the tire fire. You're not going to lose to the tire fire. And then they lose. Or, Jaguars. Yes, the Jaguars. Like, how do they lose at the Jaguars? My boy Doug Marone's over there. But <laughs> um, that team is just 
awful, but this is just what I'm hearing. I don't. You keep up on the overall NFL like mm-hmm. really well. That's why it's nice to have you mm-hmm. in here. Like I, 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 I follow the Bills so tight. It's like I could fill up five hours a day just Bills talk, sports talk. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I mean, it's starting to thin down now. The games are here because you pretty much break down the game, and then you pick a couple points to talk about or listen to. And then there's really you know there's no more fan fantasy world. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so I, I, you know, it takes me a few weeks to actually kick into NFL mode, but you, I know you're in NFL mode all year round. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, another, another thing I read, uh, a lot of Miami reporters, journalists, whatever, they're questioning Sue saying he's taking plays off. He's dodging assignments all sorts of stuff i i heard that he was going rogue doing his own thing but i didn't hear taking plays off yeah i mean when you give someone 114 million what was it 50 something million guaranteed and there's no presence on the defensive line you know it's it's an eye-opener especially when you have cameron wake who's pretty damn good himself here's another thing too um I, I, you know, if you look at what the Dolphins did defensively, uh, they might as well have put the practice squad out there. I don't, I mean, Char- so many people had receptions. Charles Clay had five reception- receptions. Percy Harvin had seven. Chris Hogan, bottom of the, de- you know, number four receiver right there, had yeah, three. Had a nice Robert, Robert Woods, you know, like. Had four. Samuel only had one. Obviously, he went out with an injury, but it was a big 39-yard reception. But, I mean, the Dolphins' defense, look at what – that's what I was worried about. I did not think going into this that they were going to be able to throw the ball like that. And he threw that ball at will. And I feel that all is a credit to, to Greg Roman. The Bills finally have a real offensive coordinator who's using these guys – to their strengths, and I, that was my biggest beef with Doug Marone, is you cannot tell me that if Chan Gailey took a roster of bums, at least in the NFL world, of NFL terms, they were bums, and he he was putting up 20-something points a game. And Doug Marone has a better roster offensively, actually drafted guys for that side of the ball. And what happens it digresses two years in a row. Now you have Greg Roman come in, which I was seeing for those two years. Doug Marone, oh, we, we preach accountability, preach accountability. Yeah, Danny Crossman should have been fired after his first year. The special team sucked. And Pat Morris, the offensive line coach, should have been fired. Or Doug Marone should have fired himself because clearly there are too many hands in that pot. Because I guess Pat Morris is a pretty respectable offensive line coach but it didn't show up in buffalo either way you want to preach accountability next thing you know oh look at this offensive coordinator he's scheming around these players and i mean richie incognito that dude is a beast you know you want to talk about the offensive line stepping up that dude is a beast john miller is doing all right you know henderson's doing all right and and wood's definitely doing better and Cordy Glenn is doing, you know, surprisingly having a better year. I mean, is it a shocker? No, it's the coaching staff. And, and one thing that really irks me is 
we have dealt with that for years in Buffalo of just scratching your head at stuff. And Greg Roman does not seem predictable. Who thought he'd go out passing on that first drive pretty much the entire time? And Charles Clay showed up out of nowhere. And, and if you watch a lot of the vines that are going around Twitter, you see these awesome formations and movements. And it, it's just incredible. So it's great to have a guy like Greg Roman be like, you know what? They're going to expect us to run the ball. They're going to play us for the run. No, we're not doing that. We're not just going to go old school macho man football, just big guy on big guy, win the war in the trenches. Prime example, easiest one is why does Tom Brady always do a QB sneak? It's just easy. It works. And a lot of the times that's the only thing that works body to body in the NFL. If if you if you have like a fourth and one situation and you got a running back, how many times do those guys get stuffed and you're like, really? You couldn't have at least bumped it out to a spread, try to deceive somebody. And that's what Greg Roman does, is he doesn't seem to follow like you don't talk about like all those old rules of football. Right. He seems to be like on the cutting edge like no, nah, we're not doing that. And what he did with Colin Kaepernick was incredible. But I think Colin Kaepernick got dumber. You know, same friend. I mean, three years with them, it was great. But finally, this team overall, my point is, for this whole game, is we had real coaching. Like the wow factor. Like, wow, okay. A week goes by, they corrected a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. They had five penalties, I believe, for 40 yards. I should look it up and be a pro, but I'm not, so I'm not going to. But they only had five penalties. The team looked disciplined out there. They, nothing stupid was really going on at all compared to that overhyped New England game. That, that was a point of concern, correct, with the amount of the – I believe in the New England game, there's a bunch, wasn't there a bunch of uh, personal fouls and – yeah, and at Things the same of that time, the thing that bothers me the most about that is I don't want to sit here and go and have to defend Rex because a lot of people want to say, oh, that's what you get with Rex teams. Well, believe it or not, Rex's teams had less penalties than the Bills every year he was coaching there for at least the last three years. So I don't want to hear about Rex's teams do this. They don't. They're And, and if you saw that change – from New England to the Dolphins, which could be a case of the Dolphins really suck. At the same time, that defensive line is solid on the Dolphins, and they got two playmakers between Sue and Clay, who are our are, are Pro Bowl guys on that line. And Tyrod Taylor did not get sacked once. Right. Didn't seem like they had any all that much pressure on them at all. Right. LaShawn McCoy had a slow game. Um, I don't know what his deal is. Booby Dixon rushed five times for negative one yard. And Carlos Williams just, you know, he had a huge, 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 huge run. You know, but he had 12 carries for 110 yards. That's a 9.2 average with a long of 41 at the end there. And um, I don't know if things just happen to fall apart for McCoy when he's in there, which it seems to be the trend. Um I don't sit there yet and, and, and comb through these games. I, quite frankly, don't have the time to do that. So I listen to a lot of audio. I don't do a lot of reading. 
as much, you know, unless it's lunch, but about the team. So it's like, I don't know. Greg Roman has a multiple style offense. He doesn't just have a power run scheme. He doesn't just have a zone. He like picks and chooses if you piece together his interviews. Um, he, he just picks the best plays. So what I'm saying is that they probably have a different scheme for Shady in there that maybe the offensive line doesn't execute as well as the power box scheme. Because if you go power, you see Incognito just blowing people up and the wide receivers stepping up and just blocking great. And when Changay was in, the receivers, there was a huge emphasis for the receivers to be able to block downfield. And it's nice to see that again. It, it, it's, you know, Doug Rome wanted to call with like a smash mouth football. I don't know what was that even football but they, they could not run the ball and it's like your team is just on a different level now with, with successful runs from many different ways about it so i don't know what mccoy's deal is i really don't you could tell he's not 100 percent, but sometimes he explodes and then other times they're just he just wouldn't miss that like what what do you think about mccoy so far i mean he, he had a great game against the patriots actually but you know what I what I read and hear about hamstring injuries is they are they linger, they they are very they they take a long time to heal, and he clearly does not look one hundred percent. I mean, some plays you see him break a nice little run, and you're like, oh wow, that looks great. But he even said he's like, I'm not I'm not even one hundred percent. So. <sighs> I feel like this could be this is going to be an issue all year, right? With this right. hamstring injury, um, I mean, right now it looks like he's not even going to play this this coming Sunday. So. And he's, I don't ever remember Lashawn McCoy ever being injured. I believe this is the first time he's ever been injured in a season. Hmm. I'm not really sure. I shouldn't be spewing bullshit out of my mouth, but like, like you know when Demarco Murray's hurt. <laughs> You know, you know, you know when Ryan Matthews is hurt. You know if AP's hurt. Right. You, you know, like McCoy, and it's like people, people keep, like people set the number at thirty years old, okay, and they just, well, you know, he's only three years from forty. You know what you're gonna start saying? You know, he's only seven years from from thirty. I'm sick of hearing it. Right. Like it bothers the. Oh, uh, you know, they just start to decline at twenty-seven. Yeah. Okay. Is AP really declining? The Frank yeah. Gore in San Francisco really declined. No, Frank Gore was supposed to be pretty much paraplegic on the injury report. Right. You know, and is Matt Forte look like he's slowing down? No. Mm-mm. So, so that thirty number is stupid. I can't stand it. I don't want to hear it. McCoy has an injury. I think he's gonna be fine. You don't just forget how to play football. And even if McCoy was at an elite level. Even him not being as elite, if an elite is 9 to 10 on the meter, even McCoy at a 7 is better than anything Buffalo has had in how long? I would say a long time. I would say before Marshawn Lynch, because Marshawn, I was not impressed with him in Buffalo. Flat out. Fred Jackson, love Fred. He's not not McCoy, just a different skill set. You know, great pass blocker. That's one thing McCoy could pick up on. But McCoy is still better than anything C.J. Spiller could have ever dreamed to be, even at 
or 80%. You know, at seven, you know, if his level drops from elite to still a good, very good player, he's still crushing. But don't you think the Bills uh, never used CJ to his potential of what he should have been doing? Don't I, I feel like when CJ was in Buffalo, they always ran him up the gut instead of running Here, him outside. Here's, here's what I thought is it took him until Changi's third year to, to excel. And I don't think he's – I don't know if he's just not smart football-wise, you know. He's a nice dude. And obviously he graduated college. Like, I don't think he's dumb as a person at all. He's, he's very – you know, if you read his Twitter, he's, he's a bright person. Um, but I don't think he has the football smarts because with Doug Marone, he was even saying, you know, I went back to my old habits. I went back to my old habits. I was always just trying to hit the edge, trying to hit the edge, trying to hit the edge. And it's always been his problem. It took McCoy a couple of years to become that guy to develop some patience. And some guys it just takes that like so we kind of figured year three with spiller would have been like okay he's gonna figure it out and, and he had a good he had his best year of his career but like we talked earlier greg roman came or doug marone came in i don't think they even knew that 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 the bills recorded the games because you would have not known that they knew where the personnel was used to their strengths they pretty much laid the hammer down at least from what it looked like Here's the system, and we're going to try to see who fits it. Not, here's our players, and let's tailor our system or build the system around them. And that's when you saw the last two years, Spiller going consistently in between the tackles. And a lot of times, between the center and the guard. And they stopped pulling. Like, their offensive linemen, they couldn't pull. Like, Richie Incognito pulls like a champ. They lost Levitri, but they only lost one guy. You're telling me it was that bad? Like, it, it got so bad. I mean, it's been over with so many times, but point being, McCoy, even not at an elite level, could still do some damage. I'm not worried about it. Sammy Watkins is out with a calf injury. Yeah, that really sucks because we want to see that kid <clears throat> stay healthy. You know, and you're an Odell fan, but mm-hmm. – you're you're telling me if Sammy wasn't on your team, he wouldn't do better than Aldell, or as good? I think he would do as. I good. can't really agree to that. I mean, I'm a, I mean, I do. I'm a Giants fan. I agree with myself. <laughs> I, I think Odell's actually, he's a special player. He's one of those. He, I think he could be one of those once one in a generation type players. He's he's amazing. So, as Giants fans, you know we're very very excited about Odell you know when the Giants drafted him I was probably like every other Giants fan bashing it saying why didn't we draft Zach Martin from the you know the Cowboys uh, offensive lineman who from Notre Dame who's clearly amazing I was so upset you know and then Odell was hurt he didn't play till week four or five I believe right and and the rest is history he looks amazing now so I, I do think like I said could be one in generation type. I, I still think Sammy can, can beast out, but I just hope we're not running into great Sammy's hurt. We just went through the rib thing with Doug Marone. We went through um this hip thing. We went through now we're going through this calf thing, but 
Odell came back, what, after four games? He was out the first four Well, games. he missed uh, OTAs. He missed the whole preseason. So it, it, was a, it was a long time. Well, he also missed like four games, right? Missed the first four games. Yeah. So he got healthy for like one week. And then what? Then they just started him. Yeah, as soon as he was healthy, right in the game. Wow! Never and took any practice reps until that week. And then he, that, yeah, that's what's amazing about it. He and yeah, then he blew up. And you obviously, everyone pretty much knows the rest. Right, right. But so, just to wrap up this game real quick, because I, I want to get into the Giants. I mean, the defense stepped up. They were great. They very, very well disciplined. Rox Ryan, you could tell, held himself back from flipping out over some, you know, what do you know? Couple couple bad little calls, but that's every game, it seems like. I don't even want to get into the refs. I always try to – I could go on for for the refs every podcast. I, I can't understand that these guys get paid, and it seems to be more about, well, it's my buddy there, so, like, you know, we got to trust his judgment. Or how about you idiots upstairs – you watch the film, or at least just do it like college. You ever feel like when you watch college games, they, like, flow a little bit more? And I don't right. watch college games. But when I do, I'm like, wait, there's no flag? Right. Now with all the flags and challenges and reviews, there's a lot of stoppage time. You're watching more commercials than you're watching football. It's it's ridiculous. But I thought the game was great. The fans out there, they <clears> – <throat> I, I don't get it. You know, nice people, very, very nice people around me. But I don't understand how it's third down and they don't even – a couple times it got decently loud, but you're talking Rolf Wilson Stadium. If the Rolf is like a 10 on the meter, you're you're putting that stadium at like a three on third Ooh, down. Ouch. Yeah, not good. But I just love how – Percy Harvin's coming out of nowhere. That's a big bright spot. Hey, I thought he was just a gadget guy. No, he's finally got some coaching and, and some people to believe in. Believe in him, whatever it is. What, what's your thoughts on Percy Harvin? Actually? Well, three years ago, he was, uh, people think he was one of the best upcoming wide receivers in the game when he was in Minnesota. That's why Seattle gave, what, first rounder for him, I believe. Yeah. I think two picks. Yeah. First and a fourth, maybe. Uh, you know, when he came out of, I think he's out of Florida. And when he catches a rock, too, he, like, runs like a running back. Like, his, like, he was making the guys on the Dolphins just look stupid. And he was doing, he was, he, he catches, he's not just a deep ball guy. He's he's running. He's a yards after catch guy. He is, too, though. But everybody thought he was just like, oh, he's just fast. No, no, th- this dude's thick. Like, like, Sammy Watkins is kind of thick. You know, like, Percy Harvin is thick, and statistics show that Percy Harvin is the number one receiver on the team right now. Right. Plus, I believe he's had all the big plays, most of the big plays so far in the oh. first three games, correct? Yeah, he, he's – and it's like the yards after catcher, it's amazing watching the route. They could be they could be end rounds, short routes, medium routes, any, any, anything on the tree. That kid's doing it, and he's, he's just – his demeanor, like, watching him, even in the fourth quarter, he was, like, carrying his helmet. Like, he couldn't I, – I, move, I moved down to the first row behind the Bills bench with, like, eight minutes to go. And I could not believe how hyped he was to try to get back in the game. Like, he just – on the side – it was 
so cool being down there to really watch these guys in motion. I've never been that close to see their emotions on the sideline, you know, and the camaraderie. It was pretty sweet. Well, don't you think he has something to prove? You know, he, he went from being doing great three years ago, gets traded, falls out in Seattle, goes to the Jets, Jets cut him. It's basically, it sounds, it, I feel like it, it, it looks like he hit rock bottom. And this is like the Percy Harvin redemption story. You want to know something? And, and Deacon would agree with this too, Adam, Adam D. Um, you know, me and Sean have known each other for, for a long time. We actually went to high school together. I hated him. thought he was a douche. <laughs> Still is, but, you know, I have a nephew with him. He's family now. Great. But, you know, the way we were raised, I know it was the same way, which is like, you, 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 I, I feel like we were caught the tail end of the construction world and coaching. Where you get in a guy's face and you yell at him, you tell him what's up. And you really, if you got to manhandle him, you got to manhandle him. I think Percy Harvard's problem is, like, not for nothing, I don't think Russell Wilson's that tough of, of a dude. You know, you're, you're like, like the NFL just seems like, I can't say the NFL. I'm going to, I'm sounding really stupid, but like Percy Harvin just seems like a rough dude. Like, this is my thoughts. I want to win. This is why we're not winning. And he's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with that. And some people even think of Minnesota that Randy Moss coming back to Minnesota might've kind of gotten his head and, and wired him screwed up. I don't think so because Ooh, never heard that one. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. It could just be somebody throwing shit at the wall, frankly, you know. So, or could he be the case that was cocky, arrogant? I'm the best, and now he's hitting rock bottom through his actions, through his attitude. That could be it too. I and mean, now he's got the he's got his last chance, maybe. And, and also maybe. He got frustrated because he's like, I, I want to be in the games all the time. I don't want to be used for these stupid trick plays. I don't want to be used for whatever. But what I say to that is you do what you're told. You know, I understand. But, like, I think it's kind of cool that you get a player's coach. I hate, you know, I hate that term. But you get Rex in there, which, all right, I believe in you. Like, we know what you could do. You're under Well, clearly he saw something because he brought him over. Yeah, you got – he's done it. He's done it, just not consistently. He's been injured. Yeah. But clearly Seattle didn't need him. No. But now on the Bills, he's looking like a complete receiver. Right. I'm sure he's opened up some eyes in the NFL saying, well, maybe we should have took a chance at that. Whatever it is, I was shocked that the Jets released him. Really was. And then, they, you know, they bring in Brandon Marshall. Trade for Brandon Marshall. Which, I like. I don't know, man. I might want to disagree with you on that one. They traded a fifth round pick. He looked. uh, You were why wouldn't you keep both? I don't know. That's a good question. That's what what shocked me. Like, wait, wait. You get rid of him, bringing Brandon Marshall, but like, Brandon Marshall's older. You were you you didn't get to watch the game. Obviously, you were attending your own game. But uh, Brandon Marshall looked amazing. Not amazing. I don't want to say amazing. 
He looks no, good dude. though. Brandon Look, Marshall's had... always been a beast. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. Like that That's, guy he's is their, a tough he, dude. He, he's their number one. But imagine Fitzy him, was going right at him all imagine day. Imagine him and Percy Harvin and Chan Gailey's offense. What you could do with those guys? Yeah. Like Brandon Marshall can can go up and get that ball. Oh, that dude! They target every time they they hike the ball. You know, it's a pass play. All all day long, he was looking at Brandon Marshall, and that was it. I don't even remember. I want to. That's a good number. I would like to look up how many targets he got that game. But right. as I'm watching it, every time they hiked the ball, he was looking right at him. So let's, uh, you know, again, I'll try to wrap this game up for the tenth time. Everybody just played great. They corrected their mistakes. Anything you saw from the Patriots game, I thought everything was cleaned up. I think Bakari Rambo stepping in is playing fine at safety. Um, do you have any thoughts from the game, just from an outside perspective? You got to watch it on TV. Like, what stood out to you? Was there anything weird? Anything shocking? Do you think Tyrod Taylor is the real deal? Like, like, what do you think? Because I think well, he's I, too smart to get to, to for defenses to catch up. His work ethic is too good. He can throw from the pocket. It's just being patient enough to right. stay there. I, I think Tyrod. You know, it, it's. I think it might be too early to tell. Uh, but so far, he's looked. Uh, kind of shockingly good. Um, I don't think anyone expected him to do the things he's done so far. You know, he made a bunch of mistakes in the Patriots game, but I, I feel like he's this in the Dolphins game. I mean, they came out slinging and touchdown after touchdown, right up, you know, passing. He's I, not afraid to keep his eyes on the field. It's right, but he's also, I feel like he's, he's smart and he doesn't, make that many mistakes like he doesn't he doesn't force the ball in places unless he needs it to right and plus you know he's got he's got he's got the legs so he gets out a lot of trouble with that so that's that's gonna help him a lot but i think you know three games in it's uh definitely a something a lot of people didn't see coming you know i preseason you still had the you know the rumblings of Who's going to start? Everyone had their own take or their own guy, you know, Castle, EJ. Oh, Tyler. yeah, I was on the EJ train at first, but then <laughs> when you when you see how smart, like you watch him in the preseason correct his mistakes, you know? Right. And it's like, okay, that's what I'm saying. If defenses adjust to him, he doesn't need to be the smartest man on the field. He needs to be coachable. Mm-hmm. And a big point that I think is Rex Ryan put the book out there on Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know Ryan Fitzpatrick still can't hit that out consistently. No. 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 It's awful. <laughs> Love you, Ryan. But you're going to have some back problems. with And watching that game, you know, it's the same old issues. I think he threw the ball 62 times. No way. I think he was 62 times. I, I read that or heard that somewhere. I'm not sure, but... I, believe, I wouldn't be shocked. I believe it was 62 times. But, but here's what I'm getting at, though, is Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know what he can and can't do. Tyrod Taylor is doing everything. Everything. Right. And the thing is with Tyrod is I don't feel, like, nervous when he's in there. You know, another thing that's great is I think that was, you know, I'm not a Bills fan, but I think that was the biggest question mark, obviously. Quarterback. What's the quarterback going to do? How are the Bills? You know, obviously Rex is coming into a great defense, and the defense, you know, he he he's probably going to make that defense better. And 
pretty much has. Yeah. Um, we were just hoping for a game manager. But shockingly, Tyrod is not the issue. Tyrod is now a strength on that team, which is. I'll read you off a little quick thing off of buffalobills.com that they pulled for Tyrod Taylor stats and stuff. T- Taylor is fifth in the NFL in completion percentage at 74.4%. Who knows if that'll stay there? If that did, holy crap. That would be like. Yeah, 74% is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Just ahead of Brady. Third in, third in yards per attempt, 9.15. Third in passing touchdowns at 7. And second in touchdown percentage with 9. And keep in mind, Tyler Taylor has eight touchdowns because he has one rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. So Rex Ryan said it in the locker room to sum this whole thing up. He said in the locker room, the turnaround started at the end of that Patriots game. You know, he said it perfectly in his press conference. They were trying to jam it down our throats. We knew that. Our team's like, no, 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 no. This ain't like that. And he almost lost the game because of that. They almost, yeah. they wanted to put up 50 so bad. You guys had another five minutes. And those minutes. guys didn't roll. And you want to know something? Rex goes, that that just kept going through this game. Like, we, we came into practice. We were just focused. We were just buckled down. We all knew what we did wrong. You know, let, let's move forward. And I'm glad. That Patriots loss, hopefully, in, in our little fantasy brains here, if we put on our fantasy caps. Not fantasy football, but fantasy like life, like cloud nine, garbage, dreaming, you could call it. That game could be the best thing to happen to the Bills for the next three, four years. Absolutely. I'm serious. Sometimes a good uh, reality check, slap in the face, whatever you want to call it, is a great thing. Eye opener, you know, backs to the wall, whatever you want to call it. Uh, It definitely, you could tell the Bills uh, definitely responded well to that. And what's that show you? Those guys have the respect for Rex Ryan and their coaches to to turn everything around. Like, yeah. Like they, they were so well-disciplined. And, you know, you hear these players talk, and I love under Rex how open they are. They don't just come on in these interviews and, and, and just give you regular coach or player speak. They actually come in, and they, they say cool, cool things like, oh, Though, like, Bakari Rambo was going, like, in detail today. He's like, yeah, you know, me or Corey Graham could blitz. And, like, if you tell DB to blitz, it's on the John Murphy podcast. And if you, if you, you know, you guys, it's like there's a freedom. And, and like, Rex told him, like, no, that defense, it's your defense. And they walked out in the room. Like, they walked out of the meeting room just let the players just run it. Just like, all right comes down to us and Preston Brown and Corey Graham Preston Brown second year player were the guys that were manning shit dude it's like so it's so cool to see a team and, and, and players and, and coaches be honest like they, they talk to you how it is and it's such a relief it's such a relief I don't know how it is with the Giants but the Bills it's like I'm sick of coach speak you know but that game was awesome all three phases I think we spent too much time on it already because we have Sean here. You're down with JPP. You're down with firecrackers. <laughs> but we got the Giants coming up. What what concerns you about the Bills on your end? Um, well, first of all, the defensive line. I mean, clearly, you guys have a bunch of monsters on there. Uh, Giants offensive line is not great. They're still trying to figure out 
they're still jumbling lineups. Uh, our rookie left tackle didn't play last game. He's got an ankle issue. So that's one area of concern. You know, the amount of pressure on Eli. We all know Eli can make mistakes. Um, but so far this year, let me note that Eli has not thrown an interception. So that's a good thing. Um, due to Ben McAdoo's new offense, we do they do a lot of quick slants, quick little five to ten yard passes compared to deep balls, things like that. So that helps that helps with Eli and his in the new offense. So defensive line is a major concern. Um, with, with the pressure. Um, not only that, the Giants have a terrible. They're just terrible at the their run offense at the moment. They we we can't seem to get the ball moving at all through the run game. And you guys currently, I believe, are the number one run defense in football. So that doesn't help. With that line. Yeah, but if you want to go, like, the numb Bills fan approach, I don't mean that as a pun for the podcast, but just, like, you're numb, like, oh, big surprise. Patriots came in and just kicked the shit out of you again. Um, Big surprise. That Lewis kid, you didn't want to know his name. You know, now you know it. You know, like, you know how many times I've seen, like, no-name running backs just run all over the Bills? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but... <sighs> I mean, I mean they'll, they'll they'll try to run the ball, but you know, and, and not only that, had a great track record against the run. So I mean, right. I, I'm in I'm in I think stop with you. Um, you know? And not only that, there's no clear front runner in the Giants' running game. Uh, it, it seems like it's a running back by committee. You know, Andre Williams and Rashad Jennings are almost at fifty fifty. Rashad's getting a couple more carries, and then third down, it's all Shane Vereen. How uh, big of a loss was it for David Wilson? Did you feel like he... You know, he never... To be honest, I feel terrible about the whole David Wilson thing, but he never got it going because of the fumbling issues. You know, he fumbled that one thing, and that one game, and he was on the bench for like six weeks. Kaufman was not very happy with him. So, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I think that Shane Vereen is a huge, huge key to this offense. Um, I believe in the Atlanta game he had eight catches. That that's that's, I think that's remarkable. That's kind of his mo, though. Right, but that's remarkable for a running back to have eight catches. Yeah, that that's amazing. What so, about your quarterback is he just checking it down like Sean Edwards? Like what's going on? I don't. He's just uh. He's just uh, Shane Vereen's the, he's the safety, you know, he's that safety player. He's, he's, is he does he act kind of like Darren Sproles does or no? Um, like, well, like Darren Sproles when I think Darren Sproles I think a lot of passes caught in space, kind of how like he's trying to. But the thing is, Darren Sproles is so elusive, you know, a little guy, and, and once he gets the ball, you're amazed at the moves he can make. Shane Vereen's not that fast, not that. But you know what? He's got great hands, and he That's can I, he can make a play. I feel like the Bills have always had running backs with, with like really good hands. Like Fred could catch pretty well. Yeah, and then that was a huge problem with the Giants last year. Rashad Jennings, who a couple years ago in Oakland looked amazing, came over 
And, you know, we drafted Andre Williams from Boston College, who I believe broke records for rushing in a year. Um, they can't catch, period. They can't catch the ball. They can, but consistently, week in, week out, absolutely not. So Shane Vereen's on the market, and we all know Shane Vereen, especially Bills fans, know Shane Vereen can catch the ball. So, so far it's working out well. What about defensively for your team? How do you like your defense? How, <sighs> do you guys have cornerbacks this year? That was like an issue last year. Well, the issue last year was injuries, and and uh, and you know I know a lot of t- every team has well, injuries, but that's what I, the yeah. Giants have been plagued by injuries the last three, four years. I believe they. I wish I had that stat in front of me, but I believe they led the league in the amount of people po- placed on IR season-ending injuries like the last three years in a row or something like that um and, and we're banged up again uh in preseason we lost like three safeties you know we got we got a we ended up signing brandon merriweather who you know he's not a great cover guy but he's that what i like about him he's that big hit guy and uh which is good and you know we got a rookie from uh alabama landon collins yeah how do you like that guy so far, so good. Um, he made a couple good plays. He's gotten beat on a couple of plays, though. But for a rookie, three games in. By the way, you know, rookie DBs. What did you think about? Uh, what did you think about Ronald Darby? You know, um, what was he? I guess like quarterbacks have like a thirty-something rating on them when they throw at them. Wow. Yeah, like and Rex said, he goes, I don't know a cornerback, rookie cornerback he's, playing better than him. He's kind of remind. he reminds me of a ball hawk. He's a ball hawk. Dude, his eyes are on the ball all the time. I don't even want to compare him, but he does remind me of a Revis type. Oh, I freaking hate that more than anything. I, I love it, but like, oh my God, I don't want to believe it. It's like. I'm just saying ball hawk wise. Right. He reminds me of Revis type, or maybe I want to. Maybe I want to compare him to a safety. You know, maybe I want to compare him to like an Ed Reed type, because of the ball hawk. Like he was in the preseason game. He had a couple of picks in one preseason game. Oh yeah, he was getting picks like in his first like camp, like little mini camps. Didn't stuff. he almost? I I don't. You know, I was flipping back and forth in the game Sunday, but didn't he almost have a second one? And then Vicario Rambo like laid him out. Oh yeah, Vicario Rambo <laughs> laid him out a couple times. <laughs> His name's Randall. You can't just right. you can't just put a, a silence. But no, I think I uh, think you guys. What was he? Fourth round, Florida State. No, Ronald Darby. Dude. Round two. Round two. Well, you're not a Bills guy. Yeah, round two. That was their first pick of the entire draft. Was it? Oh, you know. So Excuse that's me. the thing. Is the whole knock on him. By the way, what do you think about like? Because the whole knock on him from the Mel Kiper world. First of all. Yeah, I'm not a Mel Kiper guy. Either. I think Let's he's just an idiot. Take a shit on Mel Kiper. Real quick, why is that guy full of shit? Tell me. Well, I'll give you two prime examples. He is the guy who was hyping up Jamarcus Russell, saying this is the best quarterback in the draft. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I he can't does pull out. Own it though now. Like, like anytime. Look, I'm telling you, this guy. He's great. Now look, I, I know I missed the Jamarcus Russell thing. Okay, okay. Well, everybody come like follow me. <laughs> Everybody could make fun of you. Let me tell you something here. Now, let me tell you something, Mel Kuyper. When you grade someone's draft, 
you don't just back out of it and say, well, they don't have an answer at the quarterback position, so I'm still giving them a D. Well, first now, of all, how about you grade like the players? Don't grade a draft until the next year. How about after three? After but two, Piper, right? But but now Mel Piper and all those guys. Say, well, you know, you really don't got it. You don't really grade a draft, grade a draft till like three years after. So, you know, this one because I got to put a grade out there. I'm just saying the, the the Bills they they did not answer the quarterback position, and that is the most important position of football. Hey, dude, get your head out of your ass. The NFL goes ups and downs, okay? A lot of <laughs> passing. Now what's happening? Well, we can't find that franchise quarterback, so... You know another person? He hyped up... Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, He's on the Bears now. Jimmy Clausen. Oh, yeah. Hyped him up. Unbelievable. Yeah, Jim, it's like Jim he was Clawson, getting paid. Southern California boy. I'm sure he got paid. He was. It sounded like he was getting paid how much he was hyping up in that draft, and he's uh, he's terrible. Now, what did the Bears last week? They did nothing. He started. Punt, 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 punt. You want to know punt, what's punt. funny about that? Is like I didn't like his little attitude, Clausen. Remember his draft year? They were saying he just had like a smug attitude. Well, yeah. And, and what was so funny is they had the camera crew at his house. I mean, Thurman Thomas won't like this because it happened to him. Sorry, Thurman. I know you're listening, Thurman, but the whole camera crew, ESPN, everybody's at his house. He doesn't get drafted in the first round. It's like, ha ha, ha ha. So you get, and then I was the only one the next year to be like, yeah, no, Carolina is not taking Cam Newton. I was the only one in the world that year to be like, Carolina is not taking Cam Newton. The Bills are going to get Cam Newton hit three. And again, I mentioned this before. Thank you, Andrew Luck, for not coming out because we could have had Cam Newton, dude. You know what? So I was talking to someone about that draft. That is one of the best drafts in a long time. You got Cam Newton, Darius at two. Three. Von Miller. Was Von three. Miller. I'm sorry. Julio Jones. Um, you know, I would pull up. Uh, if you look at it, the top 12 picks are, there's like three busts. Jake Locker was one of them. But you have a remarkable amount of talent in that first 10 picks. J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt was 11 in yeah. that draft. Yeah, like, and, I oh remember, my God. and I remember the Bills thinking, yeah, there's this guy, J.J. Watt. And I'm thinking, like, okay, quite frankly, a big white dude. Yeah, who cares? I'm like, oh, no, man. If there is or Von Miller there, you're getting that. Don't even look at J.J. freaking Watt. Don't even look. You know what? And I remember first season so people were like oh you know the bills just missed out on von miller you know they just missed out yeah, I, think th- I think and now we're looking at it like wow darius is the man well, buddy nixon the staff back then they were glowing over darius like darius was like a pig and shit to them they were just like so psyched right and for darius to fall to them they were not i do not think they expected that but yeah, that was a crazy draft. So, screw Mal Kuyper. Don't like that guy. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with Darby. You like your safety. Like, what do you think? How's he look through the first three games? Who? The safety, you guys. Landon Collins? Yeah. He's good. Um, I'm so worried about, uh, you know, Prince of Mugamora's back. You know, he didn't – last year he tore his biceps. He was out for the year. Um, and he's looked, he's looked great. Absolutely great. And we have Dominic Rogers Cromartie, who is, he, you know, he's 
you got to understand, being a number one cornerback is probably the toughest job in football, I think. You got to cover cover the best wide receiver on that team. You got to have the right attitude for it. It is hard. So you are not going to shut down a number one guy. No. It's not going to happen. No. But he, you know, he 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 gets beat on plays, but he also makes a lot of good plays. So that's well, the whole Stephon Gilmore effect in parallel is, oh well, so many balls get caught on him. Well, dude. Look at the overall body of work of the game. Like, the best corners have balls caught on them. You know, like, Steve used to torch Revis all the time, and it, it is what it is. Like, that's just what happens. So, the overall defensively, what do you think? Do you think you guys can stop well, the Well, I, what, what I do like is John Beeson's back, our middle linebacker, and he is the injury-prone guy. He always hurt. That's why we traded for him for, I think, the Giants could trade a seventh-round pick for the guy. But Where was he before? Carolina. He was a pro bowler. And then he came to the Giants, had a great year, and then broke his foot, and then, you know, injury after injury. But he's back, healthy, ready to go. Uh, I think the Giants' linebacking corps have been the weakest in a very long time. But I think they have finally turned that around with Canard. Uh, Beeson, if he can stay healthy. We also have this undrafted rookie from BYU. I think he was undrafted like two years ago. This guy came out of nowhere. I don't even really know the full story on this guy, but his name is Uani Unga. He's like the Troy Palomalo guy. He's got the long hair on the back, and uh, you know he's got two picks already. He makes big plays. He's got that. He's that. He's that line. That player on defense who just has puts every ounce of effort into every play oh, dude. he's I'm, that guy and he's that fan this. favorite type i'm thinking about it like from a scout's perspective like that that's like one of the coolest things like i wish i i don't know if i wish i could be a scout but like it would be cool you know because you got this guy and, and the nfl comes down to sports especially the nfl comes down to opportunity i mean you would know victor cruz you got his opportunity you know right and it's like gotta be so cool to you know, really like this kid coming out of college or maybe he had some bad breaks in college and this didn't come to fruition, but when you put him in this situation, you know, do the strength that we always talk about and you put him in that and, and he could flourish. It's so cool seeing a guy come in, like you said, out of nowhere. Right. And he just like it, up the it, system and boom. In training camp, it was the, he was the guy, you know, the fan favorite, you know, me following everyone on Twitter, you know, beat reporters, whoever he was definitely the crowd favorite to make the team and and you know shockingly he beat out a lot of good people that got caught there was a lot of good people caught aren't cuts interesting because we all as fans are like how do you cut fred jackson right how do you cut so and so and i and i'll never rip fred jackson but if you just watch carlos williams run you quickly forget right and you know it's funny too because i i'm pretty sure that the draft in Carlos Williams was questioned highly. Oh, dude, I'll give you the breakdown real quick. Um, who's that moron there that works for? Oh yeah, Mike Brodak. He was I'm not shredding. Sure if... Yeah, he, he's he's a Patriots fan assigned to cover the Bills. He's the NFL Network guy. ESPN. Oh. So check this out. There was like some article that he wrote shredding the Carlos Williams and. The cornerback pick. 
like shredding that in Darby. Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, you know, it's kind of funny looking back at it, but because the whole thing with, with Carlos Williams is he had a domestic abuse case or something. And then there was some kind of drug deal, which was a weed deal where he sold, I believe he sold weed to somebody or some, I don't know, or he, it almost sounded like that somebody needed weed. He told them where to go and that person got beat up. So like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, how's that his fault? And then the right. whole, well, regardless, you got to understand the whole Darby thing was he was roommates with Jameis Winston and may or may not have been around there for the rape thing. What, Jameis. Jameis. I call it Jameis. <laughs> Jameis this. So like, it's like he was his roommate. It's like, okay, that's a knock on him. Like what, dude? They're friends. Yeah, that sucks that rape happened or didn't happen. You know, it's awful. But, like, I don't care who you are. If that's your friend or your roommate, you don't go ratting on them. You don't go whatever. Like, it's it sucks if, if that awful thing happened. It really does. But right. point is, is you're telling me that's a knock? And Doug Whaley, I freaking trust, all right? Because this roster is awesome. Jerry Hughes, how cool is it seeing Calvin Shepard get blocked out, the Bills' third-round pick, and he was who the Bills traded to the Colts was Calvin Shepard for Jerry Hughes straight up. I remember the Jerry Hughes interviews. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, so you got traded. He didn't really know what the hell was going on. He was like, shocked, okay. And if I was him, wait, I'm going where? The Bills? The Bills? You know, so it was kind of cool. Like, the Dolphins, they don't have anything. Like, like if Calvin Shepard's playing, it's not good. You know, like, they, they picked them up. I believe that he got cut from the Colts, and they just picked them up. So, that was kind of cool seeing that. But, I don't know what to think overall. My, my instinct with this game, with the Giants and the Bills, overall what to expect do you expect like okay you have the bills number one rush defense number one rushing team in the mm-hmm. nfl carlos williams three touchdowns and and it sounds like games. carlos williams will be getting mccoy looks all, like he's out yeah they're pretty much everyone has said he's done so who's your who is the third stringer is it booby yes so it's going to be well, Carlos Booby. Like special guy. Special right, he's guy. like goal line, fourth and one. Big boy. Yeah, but honestly, Booby's let me down last game, man. Like, so who's the other? But I don't know if it's the same thing I was predicting with McCoy where it's just bad timing with the line, you know? Could be. Um, what I'm, what I, I, I see happening or what I think of my, my – whole take on this is the Giants defensive line is actually really good they are shockingly and even when I saw this I was shocked they're the second best run defense in football at the moment and that's without my boy Jason Pierre-Paul who blew off his hand you know what's uh, up with that is he coming back he tried to come back right before the season and I'm sure everyone has seen the pictures. Oh, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Uh, 
And, then, and not only that, he just looked scrawny. They were like, go home. No. Go home. We'll see you in six weeks. The Giants, you you know. Well, he can't lift weights. He can't do anything. No, no, no. On Instagram, he posted a, posted a video. That's, that's benching, how the club hand got out. Benching, I don't know, 250, 225, like nothing. I, you know, leading up to the season, because I'm a Giants fan, I, and then I'm a sports dork. I, I follow all my Giants guys on Twitter and Instagram and all that. You know, before this whole firework thing, he was posting videos of him working out on Instagram. And let me just say that Jason Pierre-Paul is a freak of nature. Freak of nature. But the, you got to understand that the NFL, this is a business. And he was going into a contract here. Giants did not sign him. They franchised him. $14.8 million or something of that matter. Give or take. And then he blows off his hand. So, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets put on IR for the rest of the year and the Giants cut him at the end of the year. Right. Because it's a business decision. And he's missing... Half his thumb and his whole index finger is gone. And I'm I'm not saying that he can't do what he did. You know, we've all seen guys who break their hands and just turn into a club and go out there and go crazy. I still think he can, he can do – I still think he can play in the NFL. However, being a Giants fan, his production from when he was a rookie has gone downhill every year. He's had back injuries. He's had – his production has just gone downhill. And not for nothing, dude. Like, when you got that much money, how are you not paying, like, well, you gotta understand. a bunch of hot girls and <laughs> well, <laughs> those offers? You got to understand, and this goes back to, you know, the beat reporter, whoever was, you know, criticizing the Bills draft picks. You got to understand that these, these they're kids. These are all kids. You know, if we were in the NFL, we'd be considered old men. These yeah. are kids. JPP is 26 years old. He is just a kid. He's a kid. They're all kids. They're all going to make mistakes just like we did and still do. We're, they're just kids. I can't believe I'm 31. I am so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I just turned 30. It wow. was it was uh it wasn't fun. No like, "Oh my god. My whole, my 20s are gone." So, you got to understand that these they're just kids. They're going to make stupid decisions. Clearly, pro football talk, they got like an arrest thing on, you know, days without arrest, you know. That's like a common thing with their kids. They're going to, and their kids, and you're giving them tons of money. They're going to make this bad decisions. Don't act like you haven't made bad decisions. So let's review <laughs> this firecracker hand. Yeah. What does he have for fingers? Like I said, like what's half 100% of, of a finger? Half of his thumb, I would say, knuckle up is gone. Just Google, just Google it. You'll see the no, pictures. No, we're on radio. They're not googling. Oh, Google it. The, just JPP finger. Okay, what his about, whole index thing's index gone. Finger. Gone. Okay. And then the middle finger is messed up, but it's there. I guess he had to have skin grafts and whatnot. Okay. So he's really only. And what about the other two? They're there. Oh, dude, he ain't that bad. No, it's not bad. However, so what's the issue? Why won't they let him play? Do they it, not think he can help the team? I believe I read an article. They 
feel like he lost a ton of muscle mass because he couldn't work out at first. When you're that big of an athlete, yeah, you got to feed those muscles. You got to keep them going. And if you don't, and I'm sure he went burn it off. You're gonna get fat. If you don't right. keep up on it, you're not gonna get big. Like, and I'm sure he probably went through. He's a 26 year old kid. He probably went. He probably got depressed. He probably went through a little situation with in, in his own head, and he wasn't working out. So he probably got the munchies, man. Like when I run the press, like what am I eating? So like, where are we eating? I do not expect JPP to be back at all, ever. Honestly, my honest opinion. Do you think if you hit him up on Twitter, he'll get back? Especially with that kind of money, he wanted like I think the Giants were offering him fifty, sixty million dollars, and he turned it down. Guaranteed, that is. No way. Yeah, they were gonna pay. They were gonna throw a bank at him, and he. He messed up. I think he's going to be just fine. I hope so. Why not? All right. right. I have this theory, which you could probably like, yo, I was watching Darren Sproles run. He definitely got slow. Um, did you watch? Oh no, you don't. You were in the game. No, dude. I saw that highlight, man. Darren Sproles looked like Darren Sproles from like eight years ago. Darren Sproles is starting to remind me of Frank Gore. Like, isn't this guy supposed to be dead? Is he still in the league? Yo, I'm not, dude. No joke though. Like, Maybe it's because it was a long-ass punt return. It was a lot of work to get there. <laughs> but, like, dudes were closing in on him. But he's right? still elusive, as he was all the way back in the San Diego days. So why don't they get rid of this number 30 bullshit? I'm so sick of hearing it because here's what I was just going to bring uh, up. I feel like it's because running backs are a, they're a dime a dozen position. Are they, though? I think they are. I don't know. There's an elite level. And then you could say, well, Carlos Williams is a spitting image of that. Fred Jackson came up on nothing. Aaron Foster came up on nothing. I was about to say, Foster came out of nowhere, and he's arguably the best running back in football. I mean, granted, injuries and whatnot, but when he's on the field. Top five. He's top five all day. But it's just so weird. You see, like, first-round picks, and they don't, like, blow up. Well, you, you never really know the transition from – but like from Spiller, college to NFL. Some people can do it. Some people can't. That's why you see guys' number one picks are bossed all the time. After Spiller's first preseason game, he goes, they go, so what do you think about the game this week in NFL? He goes, man, these defensive ends are fast. And it's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> like, come on, man. So that right there, it's like, dude, you're not going to beat this guy to the edge. Like, let's- well, the NFL is fast. It is really, really fast now. You know, it's not like back in the back in the day when all of the linemen were big fat guys, you know. You know how ESPN does that stupid body mag issue. Yes. They did the Colts offensive linemen. They they were like jacked and not fat at all. Oh yeah. And they were linemen. That. You're like, oh wow, those are linemen. They're supposed to be big fat guys, but they were just giant jacked dudes. There's no big fat guys anymore. They're all fast, fast. Jacked. Is that still under your pillow? What's that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Tell me more about that. What they look like? I'm just saying it was kind of an eye opener. Because you think of back, you know, when we were kids, Larry Allen's of the world, those kind of guys, big, 380 pound, 50 pound guys, huge, big fat guys. That's just not the NFL anymore. But, like I said, I do feel like 
the running backs, they're a dime a dozen. You get so many running backs a year coming into the league. Or trying to. I just don't like the number 30 anymore. I agree. I I agree. And I think certain players have. Because, like, dude, like, maybe you could say that 10 years ago. I don't know because I'll be, I'm all about being honest here. I have this thing I call, like, I don't know how often you listen, but I, I've been saying this lately. I don't know shit. I just connect dots and make predictions, educated guesses, or just really try to see the point of view. Right. Like, like I, on this podcast, dude, like, I have a big problem with, like, national media or just media in general. They're like, they want to write a pointed argument for shock value. No, like, I, I don't, I'm not here to bash on players. I'm not here to bash on coaches. I want to see where they're coming from. Now, if you want to be an ignorant douche, like Doug Marone, okay, you're gonna get. I'm, I'm gonna crush you all the time, but as far as like the 30 thing, I don't know if 10 years ago if they were falling downhill. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But prime example is Adrian Peterson. Peterson just turned 30. And, uh, he looks fine. I think he's got a uh, quite amount of uh, good years left in him. I mean, dude, that guy in the Steelers, man, like D'Angelo Williams, like. <sighs> Yeah. When they said he was 32, I was like, what? No. And they said again, I was like, what? No. Yeah. But his you whole know, issue it all depends is, on, he's I, always hurt. It too, also though. depends on my, mileage. That was you my know, whole like Fred, Jackson. Fred Jackson's what? 34. Yeah. And you, but he came out, he came out. He played, he, he played didn't play more up. He played some indoor football. Not like arena league, but some indoor football, and like, dude, there was one point where Maurice Jones Drew, who's like younger than him by a few years, had more carries on him on Fred. Like, it was like three years ago. Had like way more carries. Right, because the guys that come out of the big colleges, and that's including indoor and Europe. Right. You know what I but, mean? But you know the guys that come out with the big colleges that are number one picks. You know now you don't even see first round running back picks. Actually, this year, this year, this year is a big running back year. It's coming back. It's going to have to because the way the NFL rules are set up, I think people are starting to realize, like, unless we have a a top seven quarterback, where are we going? And even if you do see Phillip Rivers, we're, you know, like. Well, I feel like the NFL, like people flip it, flip it. You know, it turned into like a quarterback league, passing, passing, passing. And then some teams are like, fine, you know what? We're going to build a the best offensive line of football, and we're going to run it down your your throat. You don't have a choice. See the Bills. You don't have a choice. The Bills, slowly, since Buddy Nixon, been building up the defense. They got an offensive genius, which I still think is a genius, and Chan Gailey. And they were trying to just, dude, just just give me some, some guys, I'll make it work. And they were building up the defense. Well, what do you know? The defense is maxed out. They start getting offensive players. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's more important to build up the defense than the offense in a way because – it, it, it just, it like you said, it's a passing league. I mean, George Edwards' defense beat Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady threw four picks in that game, and a couple of them were tipped, definitely at least two. But it, it it's like you don't have a choice. So these running backs are going to be important. But now instead of having one, you're going to have two. And what's cool about having LaShawn McCoy on the Bills is you got a game plan for him, and you got Carlos who can jam it down your throat. That's why I'm curious to see if Carlos starts. Well, I think it makes it a little bit easier now for the Giants. 
Yeah. I think this will play right into their hands. And like I said, the defensive line has been playing great. So I feel like, uh, I mean, who knows? We could be completely wrong and blow up right in our face. What about the, you know, what about but the secondary? I feel like you guys are going to have to throw the ball. Do you think the Bills could? Yeah. Uh, the Giants have the worst pass defense in football. Do they really? Number 32. Yeah. You know, I know, you know, I know something funny, though, who number 31 is? Yeah, I heard. Buffalo. Are it's you gonna, sure about that? I'm positive. Dude, that's so but that's only – but you have to understand, take it, it's in, it's in a three-game – this isn't three games. So who's in a – And I don't want to open up a, a sore, but Brady threw for almost 500. So. Right, right. I mean, geez, that's – Right. That's um, a lot. But, yes, the Giants, because their, their pass defense is not great, you're going to get a lot of – you guys are going to have to throw the ball, plain and simple, I believe. I – I think they can. I think they will. I think they'll get creative. If your defensive line is that great, you're just going to see a lot of – I want to be shocked if the read options I'm brought back in. And what I love about Roman's offense is every game seemed different a little bit, you know, and it's – Well, that's a good thing, right? You don't have right, the same exactly, offense. Exactly. People that's why it's watch like, the tape and know what's going on. Th- that's why it's like with, with Watkins out, next man up. Hogan comes in, he steps up. Marquise Goodwin, by the way, has been stepping up. He's actually – I believe he's might play this week. He's actually healthy, but he had a rib injury. So it's like they've proven they don't need Sammy right now. They, they've proven they're doing it without McCoy. Like when those guys come back or whatever the hell it is, it's just another wrinkle now, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think he's good at going around that. Um, I think the bills are going to have an answer for, the Giants offense because if you guys are doing the short stuff, which is what I always dubbed the Changeli stuff, the quick mm-hmm. three steps, boom, out. I mean, mm-hmm. Brady got that ball out in one point eight two seconds. That will mm-hmm. that will dissolve any pass which you have. I don't do you think Eli Manning is as smart and or as quick as Tom Brady. Decision making. Smart? No. Can he read Eli, a defense as fast? Eli is Eli can read a defense, absolutely. And Eli is getting and you know, everyone's got their own take on Eli. Everyone likes to make fun of my Eli. But with all his interceptions and all that stuff. But this year he's he's done done very well. I think he's sixty five percent completion right at the moment that's that's still very good i think three games is a decent sample size so far. right now so, one game two games no i can't wait to see like six games it's gonna be nice you know and the giants offense was not if you want to look at the offensive side of the ball um you know honestly the giants could be three and oh at the moment we we all know if you follow closely to the giants probably don't but they blew two fourth quarter games that they had in the bag so the Giants could be three and zero, and they haven't looked that great. I, I bold prediction, they win the division. I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm a Giants fan. I'm going to agree with you regardless, but I think so too. Uh, Philly, who I thought would be unbelievable, is slowly getting there. I think they're going to get it. 
their offense that, that is. Um, you know how we were talking about <laughs> Sean and I were talking about Heath Evans earlier. You know, I don't understand. I've been hooked, not hooked. I'll go on YouTube and I'll put on ESPN or something, and I, and I get sucked into these stupid ass first take videos. Ugh. And I hate to admit this, but Skip Bayless is actually kind of growing on me a little bit. Some of the stuff he says, Ugh. but then I realize he's still throwing a lot of shit at the wall. So it's like I don't want to like him, but I just think it's because it's in front of me. I watch it on YouTube, and Ugh. it's like, oh, recommended. And uh, you know, you you were making a point that you think Heath Evans is trying to be like shock value he's, guy. He's NFL Network Skip Bayless. He's the shock comment guy, and it drives me nuts. I hate it. You, it, it's to me, it's just to bring viewers in. Like you're gonna have some outrageous comment, just so people go, "Wait, what? What did he just say?" And then they're gonna open up and read it, or especially like you know, like prime example of Skip Bayless. I would follow him. I follow him on Twitter, and I've I'm new to Twitter. I've only been on Twitter for like five months. No, I think you've always had a Twitter, but you've been active on it. I swear you've been on no longer than that. No. Really? Just five months? New to Twitter. Okay. Um, maybe I had it signed up. I just never used it. But I finally got into it, and I'm in love with Twitter at the moment. But Skip with his stupid shock jock freaking comments, I had to unfollow him because everything he does, it's it's all he does. You know what it's like? It's like clickbait. That's all exactly. he, that's all Skip is. But one thing about Heath Evans, though, that I like, Obviously, he played. Okay, so so let's get the obvious out of the way. He played. Okay, played with respect. And there's a lot of guys who played or who are morons. But what I like about Skip or, or about Heath Evans is, like, he'll throw up a gif. Ugh. And he'll explain why Chip Kelly's blocking or why Chip Kelly's offense sucks. Right. Goes, I mean, I guess that's different. to block a defensive end? Right. He actually knows – he can read plays and tell so people that, what's that going on compared difference. to Skip Bayless, who doesn't know. Exactly. Skip Bayless is just glorified. He's 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 one of us. He's just a guy talking about and, and I think Chip Kelly's problem, quite frankly, is in college, you got a, a few guys who are who are elite compared to everybody else. I, I hate using that word elite, but, like, it's the truth. I mean, same thing we talked about the rehash on Spiller. Like, that's. How many defensive events could keep up with that kid? Not many. But Kiko Alonso in practice could cover him tight. And that's a linebacker from Oregon, you know? And, like, Chip Kelly is bringing the scheme in from college that, like, he's so ignorant, first of all. Like, you don't just get rid of playmakers. They don't grow on freaking trees, dude. Mm, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like the Chip Kelly thing. Oh really? Because even, even what has Demarco Murray done? Can we talk about that? Yeah, but Ryan, Ma- maybe not Demarco Murray, maybe not Demarco Murray. But as soon as he got hurt, Ryan Matthews, who has been an injury prone type, kind of a boss from San Diego, looked really good. That offense started to click. I don't have a problem with Chip Kelly with what Chip Kelly did, and getting rid of. The big guys. I think the Eagles will get it together and compete for that division. I do think – Their defense oh, is looking tight. Defense is okay. Um, I do think, though, that corner that they got from Seattle, the Maxwell kid, most overpaid, un- overrated that's thing the MO, ever. That's, that's I watched him play – I watched the Atlanta game. I watched the Jets game. 
and I don't know the other game, but I've watched two games of this guy, and he is getting beat all day long. Brandon Marshall, we were talking about Brandon Marshall earlier. Right, right. He was covering Brandon Marshall, and Brandon Marshall had, I don't know, 12 catches, 100-something yeah, yards, and thing, touchdown. Though. Here's the thing, though. Is that – okay, remember that year the Eagles load up with Namdi Asama, Rodgers from and then another oh, dude, boy. Samuel, Asante Samuel. Yeah. Now, here, here's the problem, though, is Namdi, because of Revis, oh, you know, like it had like this cornerback hype train for a minute. Namdi Asama, again, I don't know shit, so I could be wrong. He was like a press corner. Like, that was his deal is man coverage. They put him in a zone scheme. He sucked. Is that yeah. the same thing? He was, he was so bad. Is Seattle shuts down. Like, like Seattle's a mostly a zone-based coverage. I'm 99% sure. We're like, because that was like the big knock. Remember, um, yo, who's that? Who's that dude, the cornerback on the Cardinals? Remember, Richard Sherman would always talk shit back and forth. Patrick Peterson. Yes. And he's like, yeah, if you were in Seattle scheme, I could do his job ten times better than him. Like, well, I believe Seattle Seattle does run a zone because they don't do man to man. Because I know Richard Sherman always stays he stays on one side. He always stays on the right side of the field. But Peterson's asked to do different things, and it's like that's what I'm wondering: is this Maxwell kid being asked to do a different thing? Or does I think stop? honestly, I think it's just uh, a guy in a great system. You got, I mean, look at the the Legion of Boom. You got Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. I mean, those are the two best safeties, same thing, in football. Richard Sherman, you have your own take on Richard Sherman, but he's still one of the best cornerbacks in football, hands Last down. Last I checked, they still throw the ball at him, and he is coming down with it. So so you throw in the fourth guy, the, another corner, who on that defense, who's getting held from those safeties and, and – Let's not think that anyone else on that defense isn't good. I think he just he's a good player on a great defense that got picked away. Oh, you're on that you're on the Seattle defense. You're a corner. You're part of the Legion of Boom. Let's give you sixty million dollars. Yeah, fail. And then when it comes to Dallas, you know I don't know. I hope Castle starts, man. I, oh. dude, I, I like the Bills for trading him. Here's an opportunity to start. Yeah, good for him. Like, I think he said uh, he was great involved when he was a man. kid, he grew up, his dream was to be a Cowboys quarterback. Really? Yeah. That's so cool, dude. Good for him. But I don't – Brandon Whedon was 24 for 26 or something like that. Yeah, he was many, almost perfect. How many Still downs? threw a pick, though. I don't know. I didn't watch the game. They they ran the ball a lot. No, I, I had hope in Brandon Whedon. Like, oh, you know, he is like 29, but, you know. Actually, I think smart. he's 36. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But he did play professional baseball for like seven, right. seven years. I mean, you know, you want to have all your knocks on Brandon Whedon. This guy's amazing. He yeah, played base. Smart. He played for the Yankees. Didn't really work out. And he goes, ah, you know what? I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to become the starting qu- quarterback for, what was it, Texas Tech? I think it was Oklahoma something. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, yeah. Well, and then well, whatever. Back in orange. One of those teams. And then he comes and then he gets drafted in the first round of NFL. Dude, what a remarkable he, story I that is. I think he got screwed because, again, if you get drafted to the Cleveland Browns tire fire, you're just screwed. Like, yeah, and, and, that, and it's all Haslam. It's I mean, they drafted it's Trent Haslam. Richardson and Brandon Weed in the first round. Right. Ooh. 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 But so who who else is left in your division? No one. Washington. Yeah. Like, dumpster what, fire. Washington doesn't even count. Like Washington is just there to hold a dumpster hold fire a spot. And it's like, what's up with RG knee? Ooh, they're doing him 
They're doing him dirty. You think they're doing him dirty? Because I think it's a dumb, ignorant asswipe. I've heard that I too, think though. That kid is, oh, yo, real quick, real quick. Andrew Luck turned down a lot of sponsorships, all that stuff. Because he's like, nah, I want to prove it first. At least this is what I recall. Oh, yeah, he jumped right in RG3, the subway. and Just RG Mead. Just yeah. went all the way into everything. Which is good for you to get paid. Just come to find out, that's the only good year you're going to have. Cause hey, you, you might as well get some money I out of it. I hated Mike Shanahan because he snubbed the bills and stuff. I hated Mike Shanahan's attitude, but now in hindsight, it's kind of cool hearing the stories come out. Did you catch? He's like, you know, which we all knew. He's like, we built an offense to his strength, and that's why I don't really hate Shanahan because people, the media doesn't know shit about football. That the average media doesn't know shit. Yeah, but you know what? Even Mike Shanahan said it's. He needs three to four years to become a, a quarterback in this league. Well, pocket passer in right. this league. Right. Do- see Donovan McNabb. Right. And that's what same thing with uh, Jay Gruden. He so goes, what was nice, though, is you drafted him, you're starting him. He built an offense around what he knows now. They, they looked at the Baylor tape. They really did. That's what Mike said. And it's like you you had the media saying, oh, you know, he's getting him killed. He's like, no, dude. Like, Maybe. At the same time, that's how the offense is designed. Well, like, let's just say clearly, he's just not that good. I don't know, man. I have this weird thing. Well, you know like, what? Next year he'll be on the market. Okay, do this pretend time. Okay, mm. Eli Manning breaks his leg. All right. No. Eli Manning. Something happens where Eli Manning gets abducted by aliens. Here, let me. Well, hold on. Let me just interrupt you. The thing is, we have this guy. He's a backup. His name's Ryan. Nassib. All right. So Syracuse. Anyways. Hold on. Don't it don't <laughs> listen. He's the guy the Bills should have drafted over EJ, in my in my own opinion. Ryan yeah, Nassib Ryan Nassib looks Ryan Nassib looks good. And I do I do honestly think maybe they maybe he sits on the bench a couple more years and he becomes a starter. Well, maybe that's, that's the whole goal when you draft him, right? You know? Aaron Rodgers. But you're telling effect. me if you're telling me if RG3 is available to your team that, like, you might not go, huh. No. Maybe you would just go, no. You're no. not talking like Josh McCown here, all right? No. All right. No. All right. Okay. Absolutely not. He's made of glass. You know why? They, they, you know like how him. bad? I don't like him because he's ignorant. Well, not only that, he's yeah, he's ignorant, he very did, ignorant. If you're but not, not but the team, right? Why, you know, why are you there? They did him so dirty. Why? They put him on the scout team as a safety. No, they didn't. Yeah, they're not. He's not even dressing. Yeah, I know that. No, but he might dress this game. He might advance to number two. No, 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 no. Gruden has screwed up. He needs to be starting McCoy. I love McCoy. <laughs> he McCoy won't even. He's not even star. number three. He's just not a quarterback on the roster. He's not even a quarterback on the roster. He's on the scout team. Yo, Dan Snyder. Because you know, because if he gets hurt, he they have to pay him like seventeen million dollars or some crazy number. No, really. Yeah, and yeah, let's go to on Snyder real quick. He's the worst, worst person well, he's the in only the NFL. One backing RG three, and he's holding up the coaching. Again. He is a classic case of an NFL owner ruining a football team. Like he thought he changed his ways with. With Shanahan, you know, there was like a whole interview with Shanahan. You know, I told Dan it's going to take at least four years to get this turned around and look where we are. You know, what do you mean? 
look where we are. You mean a quarterback you guys gave a king's ransom for that allegedly you don't even want? Right. You wanted Kirk Cousins. You know what? I'm I'm glad though. As much as I think he's a doink, you're doing a great job, Dan Snyder. Keep it going, bud. That said, I wish the Patriots would uh, suck at some point, but I think Tom Brady looks better than. Yeah, did you like my little tweet? Like, like, did you like my tweet you at you? Vision of just people can't, people just keep like puking on themselves, and you just got to be the ones to stand the tallest out of the puke. So, quickly on this Patriots thing, don't you feel like Tom Brady is just pissed off? Yeah. I feel like anything about I'm not deflating gonna... footballs, Tom, why the hell are you deflating them? Because clearly inflated is where you need to be because you look better than you did three years ago. He looks He is amazing. throwing a deep ball again. Again. Amazing. And you know what? The, dude, this is like 2007 again where they're going to they're gonna destroy everyone they play. They're going to run well, up Belichick scores. shooting 50. They're He's running up scores. They're going to shoot for 50 every game. Some people were saying that because I didn't watch the game. like I did. Some people were saying that. Weren't you telling me they could have put up 70 if they wanted? Some I don't know about that. 70, but they uh, they scored on every single possession. Every single possession. That is so difficult to do. They are... They are. Um, and I don't get it, dude. I looked at the Bills Patriots matchup, and I'm just like, on paper, I'm like, I don't, I don't. What do they got? They have Tom Brady. This defense is nothing, but like, that's the coaching of Bill Belichick, and that's why I hate that he has all this cheating shit around him. And, and don't get me wrong, don't cheat, but like, you're too good to do that, right? Like, you know, and it's a shame. But I don't know. Miami looks weak. The Jets look. I don't know what to think. I almost want Miami to beat the Jets just to suppress the Jets a little bit. Um, they got that coming up in London. Well, it's very possible. It's kind of like a backs against the wall thing for the Dolphins. Everyone's basically saying you guys suck. So maybe they, this is the game to prove a point. Our friends in Florida were saying when we were down there, they're like, they're Bills fans, huge Bills fans. And they like travel to Bills games like Arizona or wherever. They probably wow. been more out of town games than games at the Roth. And um, the one kid, he drives around for work all day, like like I do, and how you get to listen to the radio too. And um, he's like, "Dude, I'm telling you, I listen to these Miami stations. They think this team is dead. Like they they don't think anything." I go, "Really? Because coming into Miami, like on the plane, I'm thinking like I'm getting nervous for this game, that roster. Like that's not the thought for 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 us in Buffalo and Rochester, upstate New York." or Buffalo fans in general, it's like, we look at that roster, like, how can you be bad? Right. For the first time, you guys are in a long time. You know what, though? We don't sniffing, want to believe Sniffing the playoffs. It. I'm not. Dude, you got guys calling the radio. Like, you know, the next guy who started this good was Jim Kelly for oh the boy. Bills. I did see something on Twitter about uh, Tyrod. About some stats, the last stats, you know, the stats he's put up so far, the last person to do that was Jim Kelly. Yeah, it was. It was. But, yeah. like, people are just trying to say, it's like, guys, don't let's, you Yeah, learn? let's take this one game at a time, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the Bills. <laughs> yeah. And I mean it as positive as possible. Yeah. It's just, I'm an Orioles fan, too, and just shit happens, okay? Uh-huh. For all we know, everybody can pull their calf tomorrow walking onto an airplane or something. So stop. 
or even just walking out the front door. Just just stop. It's the Bills. The wildest things happen. But I think things are looking up. you have anything else to add to the matchup? I don't know. The matchup, I, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I honestly think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at shootout. Giants can't run the ball; they're gonna have to throw. I feel like there's. Gonna I don't be think a, you guys are gonna be able to run the ball either. I think the Bills are gonna be because they've seen the game plan for McCoy. That's why I think Carlos had success. I could be wrong, but yeah, we could both completely be wrong. It's gonna blow up in our face. It could be like yeah, a nine to three running game. I, I, I really see Eli coming out of his turnover list self and turning the ball over, quite frankly. I, I, I see at least two interceptions. Ooh. What do you think? I don't see that. I do see... Do you think your offensive line is good? If Eric Flowers plays, he's a rookie left tackle. Okay. He's humongous, a seven-foot. Because the Lions sucked last year, right? Yeah. So what um, do you think? I think if Eric Flowers comes back, that line plays good. If they can give Eli time and he gets a lot of safety nuts with Shane Vereen, Larry Donnell, Daniel, you know, the, the with the tight end, uh, any tight end or in that case. And Victor Cruz supposedly is playing. I did hear that there was a setback today in practice, but Victor Cruz adds a whole – Dimension to the game, I think, in the passing game. I don't think he's playing though. You know, you said that. I don't. I don't know. I read he was playing, but I did read he had another quick setback, so it, it could be in more in question now. So we'll see. I I think Victor Cruz is a big part of the of that offense. It's going to open up Odell because now you'll have Ruben Randall on the outside. Depending on who puts in the slot, if they put Odell in the slot or they put Cruz in the slot. But if they put Cruz and Randall on the, you know, wide receiver one two role and Odell in the slot, Odell's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous play. He, he gets an he, open. He's f- got money, money hands. He gets Probably an open field. He gets open, and he gets open in open space. Forget about it. So we'll see. I I don't know. I think that, like I said, I think it's gonna be a shootout. I don't see. I I can see Eli making a making mistakes. I can see them getting. I they, see the Giants getting off to a very slow start. That's what I see. What if they open it up? Like so, instead of short passes, they 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 go more of a vertical offense instead of like, you know, three. It's just not yards, the offense that they do though. They don't because have any deep balls. I think you, Eli's throwing twenty deep balls all year. If that's what they do, I think they're getting shut down because. Rex, I know these are different caliber players than what the Bills have with Chang Gailey, obviously, on offense. I mean, Odell's – that kid can play, man. Like, he can get in and out of spaces. And it's like he shut Chang Gailey's offense down, which was exactly that. The difference is, is Eli Manning can make a lot of throws, and he has the nutsack to make a lot of throws. That's why, right. I'm wondering, That's why maybe, he makes mistakes. Maybe they, they will go opposite of that. That Like, maybe they're going to open up to, to page four. We'll see. Know, like, I mean, the offense has been a thing in progress all year. And last year. Same you know, guy, right? even against Dallas, they didn't look that great. Against Atlanta, didn't look that great. The problem with the Giants is they're slow starters. They start so slow. 
They don't run down the field and score. and It, it takes them a while to get that offense going. Yes, they did look great against Washington, but you know what? They didn't. That offense line looked terrible. It looked absolutely terrible, in my opinion, and it still took them a, a while to get that going. So, we'll we'll see what happens. I think it's gonna be a great game, regardless. I'll I'll be at the game. You'll I'm be at the game. I'm looking forward to it. You're coming with your with your son and you fifty know, yard line, fifth depending row. Depending on the outcome, you might want to line off an alternate ride. Yeah, I might leave you. Hey, I got a lot of friends and co-workers going so if you're that pissed off <laughs> i'll find our ride home <laughs> well that's sean timmerman um you down with jpp is that you or you oh man i don't even remember you don't even know that's i don't check my own twitter our right twitter now. and my twitter which i talk from is numb bills fan and also don't forget adam deacon which is numb bills adam d yeah, my Twitter handle is you down with JPP. You down with the JPP? Or? You down with okay. JPP. Yeah, he's got good, Sean's got good NFL thoughts. We are partners in fantasy football for a league, and we tend to argue over stuff. Yeah, but much. he's a good ball buster. But thanks, Sean, for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. And, um, you know, we should have a video coming up by Friday. You know, check Saturday, you know, worst case scenario, Friday night. But had a few setbacks this week, some some family issues. So we're a little bit behind schedule. But, but please, hit us up on Twitter. Tell your friends. You can find us on YouTube, Numb Bills Fan. You can find us on Twitter, at Numb Bills Fan. Instagram, at Numb Bills Fan, which I slack with, whatever, you know. Um, Facebook, it's up there. But you can always check out uh your goofy little skits too it's pretty funny yeah go on if you check out youtube we make dumb videos which we got a giants one coming up and if you're a fan of the isley brothers hopefully we'll stick with this skit but look up the song contagious we might have a little something for you so we're out of here see ya